We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, we are rolling here live. Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo. I've done, over the past year or so, I got involved with Imperial Pizza and doing shows here. And a lot of fun ones, and I felt like it would just be fitting to do the last episode of Talking Buffalo here live at Imperial Pizza. I am joined by recurring guest, my good buddy, Tom Bucks. Not your first time here, your second time. We did one on the patio before. First time inside, though. What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm definitely digging the uh, the, the inside vibe for sure. Yeah. Is this like like just your last live at Imperial this so year? last episode last- this year. Last episode this year. I think year. so. I think so. This is going to drop Friday. Yeah, okay. So New Year's is Monday, so All right. probably won't. Uh, so what's up, man? Like a year in review special? Is, that, is uh, that is that what we're stepping up on right here? No, 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 no. Come on. Let's do it anyways. <laughs> year, in, year in review. I, I'll tell you this. All right, we're welcome. Talk- welcome to the Talking Buffalo Year in Review <laughs> podcast we, um, tonight. We're going to talk some Bills. We're going to talk some Sabres. We're going to get in a bunch of things here tonight. I had a lot of guests come through the hallowed doors here at Imperial Pizza this first year doing them. Seriously, though, I, I say that sarcastically, but like Stevie Johnson's been here. I've had Eric Wood, John Fina, Sal Capaccio, Tim Graham, Tyler Dunn, Matt Bovey, a bunch of other guys from the media, some athletes, but they all pale in comparison to Tone Bucks. Very nice. Good. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, good. It was good build up. <laughs> I love the, the usual seven out of ten on delivery. If I'm being generous, I, but well, that was nice. I got to I got to nice. be honest with you too. I was a little bit wary because the one time we did do a show here, and again, it was much better weather, so we were outside on the patio. But I, I was reminded that we did a preview of the Jacksonville Jaguars game going to London, and we spent a lot of that show being guarded against a letdown. I said I wasn't worried about it. You said you were, and but we both agreed that the the Bills were handling the traveling at that time the right way, going late. And it turns out that was really wrong. So I'm a little bit nervous right now about doing the show with you here live. Uh, Pat, we've been we've been been wrong about uh, you know about fifty percent of the time, bro. <laughs> uh, let's be honest here. No one, no one's, no one's tuning in for our insider information. All right. Well, that's fair. All right. That is fair. 
on a serious note, and by the way, we got some wings coming afterwards. This is, I say it all the time, Imperial Pizza is one of the best places, one of my favorite places for, for wings, for pizza, subs, all kinds of stuff like that here. Not only in South Buffalo, but now they got a second location at 1665 Main Street, right there, Kenesha's College. Uh, before we dive into some Bill's talk, because actually we haven't really talked this week other than maybe setting the show up tonight for a couple minutes. So I haven't really talked to you about uh, about Christmas, man. How, how was the holidays? I did see a nice photo on Facebook of you and your entire family, all the ki- all the kids, which was that was pretty cool, man. Well, how was your Christmas? I, it was it was good. It's uh, it was the first opportunity, I think, uh, since the adoption to really throw something out there on Facebook that had all five of my children together. Sure. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea, all right? I am not like a steady-handed father of, of five. I'm, I'm somewhere in between the steady-handed father and Frank Gallagher from Shameless. I'm, I'm like probably, probably leading Richard, a little, watching that show more towards the first Frank. Time. I am, man. I'm digging it. I'm, I'm, it yeah, I can see where it got off the rails uh, a, a little bit. But I ain't got shit better to do really with my TV <laughs> viewing. So that's like, you know, that's the I'll get home tonight and watch two episodes of, of Shameless for sure. But, yeah, it, it gave me a chance to uh, because before the adoption, I wasn't able to put any uh, any pictures of, you know, the two younger ones. Right. That basically were like family uh, not long after, uh, you know, we started to foster them. So between not being able to post that on social media and you know the three older ones never being home at the same time christmas was the first opportunity not to have them all together you know but to rack some you know some likes up and and build my self-esteem a little bit sure. with the uh with with, with with the all five kids and of course oh sherry and one of the older ones has a fiance now as well so you know everybody has to has to get in and um you know I, let, let me think probably because when I came back on Facebook, I'm only around like 200 connections, I guess we call them now. Um, so I hit it about a 25% like rate, which I think, you know, for a, for a holiday picture of the entire family is kind of where you want to be. <laughs> yeah, I used uh, I used my kids for a good picture. Um, all right, so this is a big week, man. We got a lot to get into with the Bills and the Sabres. Let's start with the Bills. And we always say, you know, we're going to talk Sabres, and then we save that shit for like the last three minutes. But I got a lot. On my mind about that team, and I'm pretty sure that uh, you do as well. It when it comes to the Bills, it, it just feels like so much has changed in just a short couple weeks. You know, um, going back to that Philly game, and the Bills are six and six. And regardless of what side of the fence, and we've talked about it plenty, Tyler Dunst series on Sean McDermott. Whatever side of the fence you fell on with that, whether you thought it was too much, whether you uh, enjoyed it, it was skating. I mean, that's pretty much a universal sentiment. That is a skating article on Sean McDermott. But so much has changed now. You know, we were talking about this being a championship caliber roster potentially early in the year to it's not to the playoffs are very much in question to not a lock yet, but looking pretty good to get into the postseason right now. Let's talk a little bit for you about how much things have changed, maybe not just with the team, but also your perception of them as things stand right now. Well, uh, over the course of today, as the recording drew nearer, I eventually kind of got into my usual place of, oh, the fuck, I got to do this again. <laughs> but, but 
it was me who reached out to you, yeah, you I, on Tuesday and said, hey, man, you know, what do you got going on today? And, and it was because I haven't really had many opportunities to preview a game or, or I think maybe in this case, you know, a, a couple games. Uh, yeah, and, we're usually and, right and, after. Yeah, we're, you know, we're giving like immediate reactions after the game, maybe some looking ahead, obviously, at, at you know, how the game that just just finished might impact the rest of the season. But with a little bit of excitement, with a little bit of adrenaline, with a little bit of renewed uh, optimism um, is a place where I wanted to be to, you know, to, to have a spot with you today. So thank you for squeezing me in. And I can tell you that my, you know, my opinion of the season or, you know, my optimism for a playoff run is, is back on. It's just, it's back on. Now I, you know, I like to think that I, you know, heads started to heads this way a little bit after the, uh, the, the Brady hire and, uh, you know, uh, the way the offense started to perform. Um, and, again, the way injuries impacted the rest of the AFC. Sure. That was huge. Hey. You know what I mean? I mean, that, that was huge. But you could start to see, you know, right, right around the, the six and five mark, uh, even though, you know, we, we, we lost the game to Philly that, that particular week. You could start to see a door opening. You know, I mean, yeah. you start to see a door opening that I did not think was there uh, during the 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 worst of the Dorsey weeks, and certainly the um, you know the coming off the injury injury weeks. I mean, I said Super Bowl is just out of play right after Jacksonville. You know, you're not you, you did say that you, uh, you weren't alone. No, I know, uh, but you know, I'm not gonna like dig my dig my feet in right now and right. be like, well, I I said that then, so. You know, I'm I'm standing by it. No, I mean it's all of a sudden, with the exception. I'll say it like this: without a dominating performance by the Ravens in San Francisco's, um, you know, home home stadium, we would be talking about the Bills every bit as the a, a potential AFC favorite. Yeah, I think I think it would be wise to cool on that a little bit because you've got you've got a Baltimore team that's a couple games up on them, a and just you know they showed they're for real on on Christmas on Christmas night. Very balanced team, you know. Um, so you might have to pump the brakes a little bit on the Bills being a favorite, but division division or otherwise, I think if you were to look at the betting odds when they open up. Uh, for the you know for the AFC playoffs, I unless Miami looks terrific these next couple weeks, okay, even by beating us, and, and unless maybe they do it in a dominant fashion, uh, I got to think we're you know we're right there as maybe two two A and two B with uh, with with Miami, right? Uh, like Baltimore, sure. us and Miami, and then and then I think. You know, I think people are off KC, and that might be the wrong thing to do <laughs> to come off KC. But I think, you know, I think the betters are certainly going to come off them when it comes to the AFC Super Bowl represent uh, representative. So, uh, you know, long-winded answer. It's unbelievable to me to be back in a place where we could be talking about a legitimate run to, uh, you know, to at least 
be in the game. You know what I mean? Sure. To at least be there. And you know what? Now, now we might stop. I think I was ready to say, hey, we got a good look at the AFC. But a week ago, we would have said, hey, yeah, but San Francisco is just going to roll the AFC. Now, I don't even know that anybody's really, you know, saying saying that anymore. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender, but it would certainly, certainly play out uh, a, a little more advantageously uh, by going the path of the division winner with at least, at least one, potentially two, uh, home playoff games. So, though, you know, being a Super Bowl contender is great. Work to be done, though, man. Oh. I mean, work to be done over these next couple weeks. All right, to um, to to be back in to be back in your house. I don't care that you know that uh, that it ended in your house last year. It's still where you want to be, man. It's sure. still where you want to be. Ten sure. out of ten times, you want to host. Uh, on the video side, if you're watching us on YouTube or, or Twitter or Facebook Live, um, we're doing this Thursday night. On the audio side, if you're not listening to this sometime on Friday, I don't know how loud this is going to be, but it's pretty loud here at Imperial Pizza, but that's okay. You know, I go back to that Philly game, and we watched that game together along with our buddy Jason, who was in from town, and I just remember – you know, the Bills playing a really good game, but then they got really billsy near the end. And I remember us both sitting there staring at the TV, never being so more more confident in anything in our lives that that dude was going to make a 59-and-a-half-yard field goal to send it to overtime. And then the Bills get the ball, and they don't score a touchdown on their first drive. They settle for a field goal. And I think the sentiment in the house at that moment was the game was over as soon as the Bills didn't score a touchdown. And we are right, and they did lose that game. So the Bills are 6-6, six and six, and they're going into a bye, and then that Tyler Dunn series comes out the following week, which created a complete shitstorm, good and bad, all over social media. is still being talked about right now to this day because a lot of people think that actually was a factor in helping turn the Bills season around. But anyway, my point is, as we sit here live on a Thursday night, there's basically two coin flips going on right now. Miami at Baltimore on Sunday, quite possibly without Jalen Waddle too. Baltimore wins that game. You got Bills Miami Week 18, which essentially could be another coin flip. The Bills are maybe two coin flips away from being the number two seed in the AFC. That's what I can't get over right now, in a good way, of course. But thinking about that Philly game at the end of the game and how we felt in that moment. In fact, you were so mad you didn't even do the podcast that day. You left. <laughs> you left before it, Jalen Hurts even got into the end zone. Yeah, you left. You left before you even got in the end zone. But it was just such a a gloomy time, and now we sit here a handful of weeks later at a pizza joint right now talking about a very realistic, not even so much optimistic, but a realistic chance that the Bills could actually be the number two seed in the AFC. It's the, crazy. The Kansas City, I mean, we, I think a lot of people, A, thought that Kansas City would just roll uh, the Raiders, all right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. B... I don't think people really started to think about the the two seed as quickly as some others did. You know, I, I just I, I feel like you know it, the 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 prospect of winning the division was still kind of fresh in in people's uh, in in people's minds and and people's sure. hopes that the idea of you know potentially being the two seed, which would you know, mean it, as long as you win and move on, 
you'd host two playoff games, potentially three, if, sure. if, if Baltimore were to be upset. The idea of that just it just it didn't really seem real. And then I'm watching the Raiders start to roll, and I'm like, and I even you know I had to go back, I had to do the double check the standings. Like, am I right? Is KC sitting there with five losses because six gives us the tie break? You know yeah. what I mean? I, I had to. There was so little buzz about the potential for the two seed that I had to go back and think if I and was Jacksonville, I was doing one time. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, people didn't necessarily see the uh, the South falling in, into what is looking like an obvious four. You know, uh, that's happened over the course of the last couple of weeks. The potential for the two seed is just mind blowing, man. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's it is so exciting. Um, I got a little annoyed on on Twitter, like like the day after the uh, the uh, Kansas City loss. There was so much, and and this could be you know how you have your feed configured and what kind of people you follow and stuff like that. But all I saw was Josh MVP talk versus Lamar and. You know, defending defending Josh and all this, all this, you know, fighting with the other fan bases over Josh for MVP. And I'm like, how is that how we came out of the week? I mean, I get it. We have a favorite player. You know, he's, he's our big he's our big uh, golden retriever. We love him. We want to back him. But man, it just we, we weren't making enough of the potential for the two seed, at least in, in my mind. Fans yeah. weren't. I, you know that that just seemed secondary to this newfound Josh Allen MVP talk because you know Brock Purdy laid an egg. I don't give a fuck man about that Josh Allen MVP talk. You know you want to, you know, I'm not sure he does either. I know, but but we're our fan base is kind of obsessed with it, bro. And I'm I like, mean, I, I'm like, why? I did a show. I did a whole show on it, so I really can't talk <laughs> shit about the fans. I literally just did a show two days ago about Josh Allen and where he's sitting. Yeah, but you days. were solo, and like, you know, was, I'm not saying it was a mail it in, but you were solo on that one. Where I was solo, and it was a semi mail in. Semi mail in. Like I, I usually do a film week, you know, a film study, PFF grades analysis on one. Oh, and it's but, easier to just go on an opinionated yeah, uh, piece. Right down two okay. or three things, and just. Keep talking for 40 minutes. Well, and it's no surprise that you would jump all over that. You go with the buzz. You know what I mean? You you stick with the buzz. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And, and look, the buzz was Josh Allen MVP talk. I still don't, for me, I don't think it's the dead, buzz. Though. The buzz. You don't the buzz care. around this town should be the two seed. Sure. The two seed would be bananas. Agreed. Being at that stadium for two games, who thought they were going to be there for one? Who thought they were going to be there in January? And I'm not counting, you know, the... Uh, well, the Patriots are on New Year's Eve, so there was there wouldn't have been a home game in January. But who thought they were going to be at that stadium for a playoff game? You know, a month a month ago, and now you got to look at being there for two or three. I hate I hate the fact that the Bills, to their own detriment and their own fault, that they don't control their destiny for this. Beat Denver, completely different ball game. But you know what? Somebody has said, multiple people have said this that if they beat Denver, Dorsey doesn't get fired, and maybe. Things don't change in games that they win otherwise against the Chiefs, against the Jets a second time, against the Chargers. You know uh, what? I got can I do a terrible hard pivot though, as we talk about, you know, yeah. things that we need to sure. happen or want to see happen. Um are we just are we completely ignoring this New England game? 
Are, no. Are we complete? Because I'll tell to. you right now. I'm trying not to. I was. I was. And on the way here, I caught Joe Miller on the morning show with GR, who kind of put New England's last three weeks in perspective. Got the wheels turning a little bit in my sure. head. And I was like, yo, man, we needed them to win a couple ball games for us in these last couple weeks. And they kind of did. They ended dead this <laughs> season, effectively. So, on the road, so I'm like, they beat the Bills too this and year, they, and 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 they uh, and they beat Pittsburgh when we wanted to get rid of them. Yeah. That was the one that started it. You know what I mean? Sure. So they have they have road wins, road wins against Pittsburgh and Denver in the last three weeks, and 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 curse you, Joe Miller, because that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, that, <laughs> not it's very lie. accurate. Look, the reason why I'm more confident in the Bills isn't because they – I know this is going to sound stupid, but hear me out a little bit. Not because they beat Kansas City and not because they rolled Dallas, not because they got revenge against the Jets and played well when they usually play like shit. The game, not at the moment, but long-term that impressed me the most was actually the Chargers game on Saturday night. Did not play well, but – all I looked past the Chargers, I gave them no chance. All the ingredients for a kind of game the Bills lose were in place. The trap game, short week, West Coast trip, a shitty opponent, team that had no, no, nothing to lose, um, brand new head coach, some, some new energy. I never even thought twice about the Bills potentially losing that game until the game happened. Now I was losing my goddamn mind like everybody else. But the fact that the Bills pulled that game out at the end, I feel like the, in October the Bills lose that game nine and a half out of 10 times. So I don't want the Bills to go out and play ugly at home against New England, but I feel like the Bills, even if they do, they'll find a way to win that. I can't go as far as to say that I can't go as far as to give the Bills any credit for pulling it out and looking at it as a positive against uh, against the Chargers. But I can, I have no problem going as far as to say it didn't bother me at all. It didn't sway me at all as far as, you know, their their playoff contender status is concerned. Like, do I do I knock them down a peg in the in the, in the AFC uh, power rankings, if you will, towards who's going to who's going to go come out of the AFC for the Super Bowl? No, like it, the Chargers game, right. Nate gave me no pause, um, Same. you know, for that. But I'm not I'm not going to give them high any any sort of you know marks for pulling it out even though i get what you're saying all right i get what you're saying that was one that they they were finding ways to lose those games earlier the in the defense year defense won the game they which found, they haven't they been doing one yeah, I, I feel confident now or at least more confident now that if the bills offense isn't clicking i felt it was josh allen plays greater this team's gonna lose unless they're playing a really really shitty team now i feel like the defense is very capable of making multiple stops and getting a turnover or two, if that's what it's going to take, and pulling out a game, even if Josh Allen is not playing nowhere near his best that day. Yeah, and high marks to McDermott for sure. uh, his defensive calls, I think, in that game. You know, he sat back in the usual, um, you know, bend but don't break, and, and it was hurting him. And, I mean, we weren't getting home, bro. We were not getting home at all. He started to dial up the pressure, and it yeah. made it made a lot of difference. It made it made a ton of difference, and, and I would expect too, I would Oliver. expect to see that was a huge play. Uh, although that was the only play, I'm interested to know for you. I say I sat on the couch and watched that game in utter disbelief that we, you know, we 
at times looked like we were going to give that one back after after all that we had done to you know to climb. I I, I was I was mad, but I was really just I, I I was quiet. I was quiet. No fist bumps. Even like the Gabe long ball. You know what I mean? Good good plays that normally um, you know lead to the you know what i mean one of them bad boys i did not not a single one okay until the oliver sack and when when we got the oliver sack i at that point you know almost involuntarily flew off the couch sure gave it the bump you know what i mean because that's the one that that gave that gave us the that gave us the dub i if i'm being completely honest with you saturday night Pretty hammered. <laughs> Watching the game with a bunch of people in my house. You're making a comeback. Dude. I am making you a comeback. You are making I am a, a Saturday, comeback. I'm a Saturday night warrior. There's no question about it. One day a week I let loose. It you. was Saturday. So, yeah. But I was very um, overly emotional during the game. Oh, fact, so, yeah. So, you were you, you were barking. A good, uh, a good friend game, of mine. Huh? A good friend of mine who was at the house. I've hung out with him hundreds of times. But we've never watched the Bills game together. So we watched the game Saturday at my house. And then Christmas night after family stuff, I met up with a couple of my buddies. And we went out for a beer, like a group of six of us. And, and that guy was there. And he literally told me, he goes, I can't believe how angry you are when you're watching football. He goes, holy shit, you're scaring me. You're so angry. Because I was nervous and afraid that they were going to give away what you said. All the work they put in, that they were because you would have just been giving it back if you lose oh, uh, to the Chargers. Yeah, look, dude, Ed Oliver, yeah. I wanted to make sure we mentioned him too because – He's come up big this year. You know, I've been very uh, hot and cold with that Oliver because he looks really, really good for flashes since he came into this league. He's put up some pretty good numbers. He got the contract. But that Oliver, to me, has disappeared in a lot of big moments prior to this season. And then I'm like, he got a big contract. Not that I thought the contract was outrageous because I knew a couple more guys could sign. It would end up being middle of the pack among the good tackles, which that's pretty much what it is. But anyway, my point is he's been huge this year. He's been big. I would make a case. I mentioned this to Anthony Marino yesterday. If you told me Ed Oliver has been the most consistently good player on this football team this entire season, over 15 games, I think you'd have a really strong case for saying that. Josh has been better at times. Diggs has been better at times. Bernard has a couple of these other guys. But Ed Oliver, week in and week out, has been really, really good this entire season. I'm, uh, I'm certainly willing to give him the defensive MVP. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll yeah. do that. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Um, and, you know, we're talking about an offense that hasn't exactly um, shined uh, a ton this season. No. So it, it, put, it, it puts him in the conversation, you know, uh, on the on the overall uh, MVP of this team for this year as well, too. Great signing. Great contract. I think a lot of people were surprised. Um that they did it. I think a lot of people thought uh, that the Bills would walk uh, away from Oliver. Maybe not a lot, but there were there were certainly it seemed. I yeah, thought it was a real it, chance. It seemed, you know, fifty fifty ish. And I would have been all right with it after last year. That Bengals game, he did, he did, he was a no show in the playoff game. He didn't play well against Miami either. I mean, he's not the only one. Lots of guys on the defense didn't do shit. And but, now I'll I'll offer you a less terrible uh, pivot. Now he may be getting his, you know, his his best version uh, of a running mate 
next to him in the trenches oh, back this week. Absolutely. Huge. You know, Anthony Marino brought up a good point, too. We kind of weaving back and forth with the Bills Patriots this weekend. Ed Oliver didn't play that game in Foxborough where they lost. He was he was hurt. So not only did they not have Milano and Daquan Jones and Trey White because they didn't have Rasul Douglas at the time, but Ed Oliver yeah. also didn't play that game. I do re I do remember yeah. I do remember him going through a stretch uh, this year where he was dealing with an injury. Yep. Um, I think I would have if you would have asked me, you know, has he played them all? I, I think I would have remembered him not playing in, in one or, or or two or something like that. So no, that that that's uh, that comes as no surprised that uh you know that it was a game where the defense definitely struggled i want to ask you an honest question sean mcdermott in that article and i and we keep going back to it because i just think it carries some significance do you think that was a legitimate rallying cry for this team and before you answer i'll, I'll let people know we're watching or listening you and i kind of had the same view on the article um we both for the most part, enjoyed the article. We found it informative. We thought maybe in some parts, and I've told Tyler that maybe it went a little bit too far on some of the personal stuff, but I think the purpose was to outline his failures as a coach and some of the awkwardness with his communication skills. But we also know that Tyler is a very talented, incredible journalist, whereas some Bills fans think he's the, the biggest hack you know to ever walk god's green earth. But anyway, my, my question to you That's is- That's us. That, I hate game gets the fucking biggest hack. <laughs> Do you think that yeah, article, since it came out, the Bills have not lost, and since that article came out, this defense has been pretty much lights out. And they've closed out games, too. Bro, football team, and this goes down to even the youth levels, all right? It's such a clown show sometimes. They will use anything for a rallying point. So, yes, unequivocally, yes, they, they used this article uh and and they're effectively they're supportive well, sure i mean i there's a there's a pretty realistic chance that that a lot of this could have played out the same way anyways sure. um the thing i like about the article though as far as the response to it as it relates to uh the football field is um i i think mcdermott is kind of it kind of has uh, a little bit of a gunslinger mentality now. Um, you know, not not necessarily like, you know, um, like he can just throw complete caution to the wind. But I, I, I feel like I feel like we're going to see a more aggressive version of McDermott. OK, even though this wasn't a, a big part of the article or or, or not you know, really referenced in terms of, uh, you know, the communication issues and, you know, some of the other follies along the way. Mm -hmm. um, I think the conservative approach, the choking man, the, 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 he's, he's, I don't, I just don't think he's going to go down. All right. Choking away conservatively. All right. If, if, if I'm, if I'm sitting here trying to beat back a little bit of a choke, mm -hmm. then my response is going to be, uh, I think, one of a little more assertiveness. And I think we're going to see a more aggressive Sean McDermott um, in, in, you know, in, in this postseason. Didn't we have a didn't we have an early uh, fourth down? Um, went for it early on, on fourth down in that Charger game or maybe it wasn't the Charger game. Maybe it was the, the Chiefs it was game. Dallas. I thought it was Dallas. Was maybe. it Dallas? The, the one where. 
Josh had to it do like Dallas. the play fake and then three times slide Kincaid. it underneath it someone's arm. Yeah, that, you, you know, I, I just I think we're gonna see a more aggressive um, McDermott. Of all the things in the article that the Bills may want to glom onto as far as rallying cries, none of that matters to me more than the fact than than how McDermott. Fucking, I don't care if it's the pressure he puts on himself. It ain't my heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever. Um, I I think he might just really be a, just that much more dialed in from it, bro. I mean, that much more motivated. Uh, I, I get it. Like, you know, professional coaches, athletes, they, they don't need motivation. You know, a lot of people say that. Um, I, I am not a believer in that. I, I think McDermott is coaching very motivated right now and i think that motivation as it relates to what we're going to see um on the football field how that may translate to the football field i i i think he's uh, i think he's going to be big nuts sean over the course of the next month i really do i don't i don't disagree with you but it is worth saying that he has been aggressive at times when it didn't work you go back to that denver game they they got a sack it's third and they're out of field goal range and he brought a, a fucking jailhouse blitz and got burned because Teron Johnson got that penalty deep on Jerry Judy that set up that winning field goal. So, I mean, he has been aggressive at times. But I think offensively, especially, I think he will be more aggressive and have confidence in Josh Allen. For an example, I think right now if the Bills played Philadelphia again and they got in that situation again where the Bills had the ball in overtime instead of kicking that field goal, I think this Sean McDermott, this new Sean McDermott, I think, would have went for it on fourth down instead of selling for the field goal and having to completely trust his defense. That couldn't make a stop. Billy scored like 30 points in the goddamn second half of the game. I like that. I, I, I like that um, particular scenario as one that could potentially be different under new Sean. But I, I, I'm going to always go back to – the down and distance in that particular spot and it's it, it was just sure. it was just a down and distance where the percentages drop dramatically uh after like you know at fourth and five to to fourth and seven um that one never bothered me to tell to tell you the truth i fourth and sevens of it's that, that's that, that's a sure. big boy man sure. that's that's a big boy in a in a tie ball game well i'll tell you one other decision that he might make or have to make, whether it's this Sunday, whether it's next week in Miami, hopefully the playoffs, I don't want to get there before they're there, you know, when we talk playoffs. But news with the team, by the way, um, A.J. Vanessa, no contact. I, I don't know if he's going to play. You mentioned Daquan Jones. It certainly looks like he will be active on Sunday. Nothing official, of course. We'll see what happens with Hyde. Low-key injury I'm a little concerned about is um, Jarrell Bernard with an ankle has been limited the last couple of days. I'd be really careful with him, especially this week. I, you got to have confidence Dorian Williams can get it done against the Patriots. If he's not right, you don't play him because you need him against Miami. But anyway, my point about McDermott is let's talk Vaughn Miller before we get to a break here and, and then hit up the Sabres real quick. Vaughn Miller talked today for the first time since the bye week when, when he was arrested, detained, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, What's your make on that? The one thing I want to say is he talked, for, he had a, a, a statement, and then he took some questions. And what annoyed me the most about all of it is 
He spoke of, you know, de denying, of course, the allegations is false. That, that None of that's surprising to me. But he spoke of it like it was journalists, like it was writers writing shit about him. Like these were stories out in the newspaper about him that he was in denial mode. It's like, does he not know that we all know that there was literally a police report out there with information, that there's a 9-11 phone call? You know what I mean? He's making it sound like like uh, Tim Graham wrote a story about Vaughn Miller, you know, and making shit up. Like there's, there's fucking police reports out there and, and stuff like that. And you just... I, I hated the way he talked today. I didn't want to hear from him, by the way. I don't know how you feel about it, but I did not want to hear from him about this. And I was not uh I was not pleased with what I heard today. I don't know about you. Um I was off the grid for a few hours uh today. Midday a little midday nap action at a basketball game this morning that, into man. a mid into a midday nap, followed by another basketball before I came here. Um Played a little catch up on the old uh, on the old Twitter box, and I guess the best way I can answer this is of all the things that I was scrolling today to catch up on, <laughs> I scrolled right past that shit. All yeah. right, the response was predictable. Um, the uh, the way that the fan base is is internalizing it, you know, right now. Um, well, it's not the word I want there, but the way the the fan base is reacting to it is is still to me driven by his ineffectiveness as a football player. You're right, and I you said that a couple of weeks ago. I want to point that out. You said it a few weeks ago. I think you said what a lot of people feel, but not everybody necessarily would say that if Vaughn Miller was playing like at a level that Ed Oliver has been playing at, there'd be a lot more people saying. Eh innocent until proven guilty it'd be you know well that's his personal life i'm a fan i just want him to do well on the field blah 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 blah. but the fact that he has been complete shit on the field has definitely driven the perception and how fans make, are reacting to this yeah makes, I, I agree makes it easy makes it easy to sure. take the proper social stand on it sure um but it, you know i actually it's funny because you know it's the second von miller bit from you know, today, Nugget uh, it, from today, and I was far more interested in the other Von Miller Nugget from today, although I could be confused in the days. This might have been yesterday. But it was it was uh, uh, defensive line coach Eric Washington's um, response to the usage of Miller. And that, to me, was more interest, a more interesting read than anything that Von Miller went to the podium and he said. And I think judge, judging by what he gave said Vaughn's president or something helped Puna Ford get a sack. Whatever. I'm I actually I'll buy that. Okay. Like I'm not on I, I think Miller's probably kind of a piece of shit, man. I'm just you know as far as the other stuff is concerned. But I will buy the usage strategy if that strategy is truly what washington laid it out as he is it's it's not necessarily about you know he's earned those reps or he's des he's deserving of of that be you know strictly on reputation it's because at times at times you just he he looks like he he may just find that 
bend and explode into a quarterback. I, we, I, I know we haven't seen it. I know we haven't seen it. But I'm not that guy that necessarily looks at number 40 lining up on the football field, and I'm just like, Jesus, what is wrong with them? No, man. If you're telling me that he's probably, you know, gonna gonna get your your fourth highest number of snaps after, you know, uh, we'll say Rousseau, Floyd, and Epinesa when mm -hmm. healthy. I know Kingsley Jonathan has shown flashes. But I'm still, Jack Lawson. I, and, and Lawson, I think, is more in, in run scenarios. Sure. Yeah. In, a, in a perfect world, his usage is more um, in potential rundowns. I, I'm fine with them rolling Von Miller out there, uh, you, you know, a, maybe a quarter to 40% of the time. Because you're hoping it's going to be the week where he does something. I don't see it happening. What? It's one thing to not be effective. I'm seeing, and you're seeing anybody. You don't need to be Eric Turner or Joe Marino to know this shit, man. There, there's a lack of effort. There's a lack of hustle. He is mailing it. He is dogging it out there a lot. At the end of the day, it is no less likely to happen for you know for Vaughn than it is for any other schmuck playing the fourth number of defensive end snaps. On their football team. That's fair, but I don't yeah, want. I don't. We don't need. At. I don't need to see a fourth defensive end a lot. I want to see a lot more results. Well, that's how it. they roll. But you know. I, just, I mean, that's that's how they play. I. You know. Look. In fairness, to Vaughn, in my opinion, is skewed skewed because he tore his ACL before Thanksgiving last year. He was as good as advertised. He had like eight eight and a half sacks before the, at Thanksgiving. So it wasn't like he was some bum that got overpaid. He was great, and then he got hurt. But since he's gotten hurt. Besides the obvious of doing nothing on the field, besides obviously what allegedly happened in Texas, this dude has just talked more shit about players coming here, this guy's coming here, the trades, this and that. Can I read you what I consider an elite tweet from somebody? I don't know who this person is, but they tweeted this today about Vaughn Miller. Name's uh -huh. Glenn, Glenn Spencer. Tell me this does not fit Vaughn Miller to a T. I've been saying since preseason with this guy, when all is said and done, more will be said than done. That's solid, dude, because the dude yeah, talks man. and he ain't doing nothing. I don't want him on the field no more. If, I, if I'm Sean McDermott and I talked, you know, at the beginning of this conversation here, I was like, some tough decisions for Sean. I don't need him on the field, man. I'd rather have Shaq Lawson as that fourth end. He might make a stop against the run. I don't think Vaughn Miller is any use to this team. I'd love to be wrong. I'll play this clip and call myself out if Vaughn Miller has a big sack against the Patriots <laughs> of Miami. But I think he is, for this year, toast. Toast. He's not coming back this year. He's not going to go from dogging it and doing nothing to becoming a factor in a, in a meaningful game. I just don't see it. Well, man, we'll see if he if he smells that uh, if if he smells that Lombardi Trophy. We'll see. But here's the thing, man. Okay, I I don't know what what the Von Miller story, how the Von Miller story as a bill is gonna. Is going to play out. He still owed a big chunk of change. Oh, he'll be here next year. You know that that sort of thing. So maybe, maybe he comes back next year and he's Devon Miller of old for another year or two. Great, whatever. But what's not helping? What's helping. what's real is right now. Yeah. What's what's real is the way we opened up the show with there suddenly being uh, a, a, an opening to a you know for for this team to to to, to crash through. And uh, and make some noise in the playoffs. You're not gonna try. You're not gonna crash 
try to crash through that without Von Miller. You're just gonna you're just gonna do it. You ain't you can't as, as ineffective as he looks at times, you just you can't be the franchise that invested that much money into into a into a guy and then when healthy in a Super Bowl window with with a with, with a real look at it, that guy that guy's on the bench. And he's he, got he's you know he's he look I'm not calling for him to surpass I, I get what you're saying. I'm not calling for him to get more reps than Floyd. I'm just saying the 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 you know the aura of of Miller the threat of of what he what he was, man. You got to be pretty ballsy as an offensive line coach, even looking at the film and saying this guy can't couldn't even beat our second string tackle right now. You got to be pretty ballsy to 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 leave him singled up and pay him and pay him no mind. Do you want to last point here on Miller? And then I want to talk, talk Sabers. I'll tell you why I'm completely out on him because you would think you would think that after what happened in Texas during the bye week and all the scrutiny he's getting, which quite obviously is deserved. I mean, he's lucky he's not suspended or any of that shit. But you would think that he would go, he would risk tearing that ACL off the ball, off his leg. He'd have his leg fall off during the game trying to make a play, trying to get back in the good graces of his teammates, his coaches, the fans. He is still out there, and he's still fucking dogging. Maybe him. you would think that. I wouldn't think oh, that. I'm telling you. Look, he ain't thinking that because he's not he's, doing it. He's, he's, is he saving it for Miami? Is he saving it for the playoffs? Does Are, he, you're, does you he, sound like you're willing to roll the dice that he is. I'm willing to roll the dice that a future Hall of Fame guy getting the third or fourth amount of snaps over Kingsland <laughs> Jonathan, Kingsley Jonathan. I like Kingsley. is Be okay careful. by me. I, I got a lot of but I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm still dressing Bond first. All right, let's take a real quick break, like a, literally a five second break. Come back and we'll talk a little bit of Sabres here live from Imperial Pizza. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are live here at Imperial Pizza. Pretty late on a, a Thursday night. Cleveland Browns game just getting started out on that TV, but on that TV. Um, that game matters. I'd, I'd, like, to sure. say, I'd like to say it matters it because... You know, if people, it'll be good done by the time people listen to this. But yeah, it, I think it matters. If, it does if, matter. If if Miami should if Miami should beat, yeah. you know, Baltimore and, we, and, and we've got to look, well, four or five, right? Four or five, like because sure. right now Cleveland's Cleveland is is entrenched in the four. Or I'm sorry, four five. In, in five. Sorry, yeah. that's right. 
Cleveland's entrenched in the five. They and, lose both games and, and the Bills win both. The Bills will go to five. Exactly. So now you're talking going to Jacksonville probably in round one instead of Kansas, the Kansas City. City. Even though, <laughs> say what you want about Kansas City. And I don't want to go there. City. I don't want to go there. I, still, I don't either. I, I don't mm -hmm. prefer. Right. I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to, but I, 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 I'd rather go to Jacksonville. I'd rather go to Jacksonville yeah. or be here. Trevor any, any, scenario, any scenario, I want to try to avoid Kansas City. And Agreed. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to lie. I, 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 I would love to avoid Miami in the in the first round. Sure, me too. As well, absolutely. And if you if you're the two seed, you will avoid Miami in the first round. And if you're the four seed, you're going to avoid Miami, Miami or the five seed. I'm sorry, in the first round. Six, you're almost certainly going to Kansas City. Bills have won there three straight years. I get it. And we'll we'll cross that bridge when we go to it. But the fact we're talking playoffs is cool because. As we transition here in a few minutes of Sabres talk, that's the last fucking thing on my mind, on your mind, or anyone's mind right now. With the I think I'm going to go to Bill's playoff games. Playoffs. Yeah? Uh, yeah. 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 I do. How many games have you been to? This one. <laughs> out of what? Six now. One, seven. bro. One out is because the last one's was, eight coming up here. I've only been to one I, out I was, of seven. I, I'm just, I have just dumped and dumped and dumped. But hey, I at least uh, uh, I can still get us to our Sabre topic. I at least made a couple bucks on the Dallas tickets. I and part of part of this was because I I I, I put them up late. I put them up the day of of the game, um, Sabers and Leafs. But I I couldn't even get I couldn't even get fifty for my for my pair. That's crazy for the for Sabers Leafs. I wow. I know what I did wrong there. My my plan was always to go. My plan was you know all right we are gonna be we're gonna slap Columbus around. And it's going to have that that arena is going to be, you know, like holiday hopping sure. for, for the Leafs. Um, and then we get smacked by Columbus. I'm disgusted. I want I want out. I throw the Leafs tickets up day of. And that's tougher, uh, you, you know, to grab Toronto fans the day of. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? They're looking to get them in advance and yeah, you know, make, make, a, day, make sure. a day of it. So I, part of it was my own issue there. But, yeah, we are back to a place. With the Sabers, I got Columbus tickets for Saturday. I'm, 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 I'd be lucky to end up with a pack of Parliament lights out of them. Okay, <laughs> I mean, just, uh, you know, they have, they have just taken the air out of the balloon again, again, and again, and again, and oh my God, are they exhausting? You know, during COVID, I used to have. Um, Joe Yurden on every single week. Um, this was before he had the audacity to get a, a full gig covering the Sabres where he's at every game and practice, so I barely get to have him on the show anymore. But anyway, during those days, I was so out on the Sabres, and every single week I'd have Joe on, and it would just turn into me. I legitimately hated the Buffalo Sabres at the time. This is when Eichel wanted out, and for good reason, and the whole Reinhardt shit, and keep going on and on and on. Anyway, I hated that team with a passion at the time. Like, I rooted for them to lose. I wanted bad things to happen to that team. I was out on them completely, and Joe would get kind of sick of me doing that every week, and we talk off camera about that, but that's just how I felt. And I got excited like everybody else. I am verging on being back to where I was a couple years ago. Like, I don't want to watch this team right now. I hate the fact that we have to devote time to this podcast to even talk about this team right now they're not good they're four games under 500 they are textbook overrated 
like all summer long, you know, everyone talked about this team as a, you know, a team to watch, a playoff team, someone who could potentially do damage. They are legitimately overrated. They're they're not fun to watch and they're not likable. I don't think this team's even likable right now, man. They're the the head coach, what what's going on with him? A year ago, I thought this was their guy. I was kind of happy he got extension. Now I'm wondering what the hell's going on with him. And you got a GM who's got three guys that he signed as free agents that are in Rochester right now. There was an article today, Lance Zowski wrote in the Buffalo News about that. Like Terry Bagula wanted to cut down on money for Rochester, and they got like $7 million tied up with three players who cleared waivers, you know, currently in Rochester. I just, do you kind of get a sense right now that, you know, I don't know if it's because of the expectations were higher than past years, but like fans don't like this hockey team right now. I don't. No, nah, you're know. seeing you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of saber X nerds who like live and die by it. Yeah. Just like they're bowing out on 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 podcasts that they were enjoying a lot about a month ago. All right, yeah. you know Chad like like some of Chad's legion of of uh, of of casters. All right, who are very good and funny. Sure. There's there's uh, Anthony's Ant, uh, guy Anthony um, his partner. Yeah, he's did good. The, you know the Chiandra, does the. Yeah. Yes, yes. Entertaining as shit, yeah. man. And he's just exhausted with them, man. Like I like like he just he had a tweet like today or yesterday, you know, sleep versus pod is no longer even in, in, in <laughs> I'm going to sleep. You I, know where I, we're at? I'll catch y'all on that pod. You know later, where we're at? You know I mean? The team's so bad that I'm getting the daily fans versus Mike Harrington shit now on Twitter, where Mike gets really pissed off and at times condescending with fans in fairness to him some fans just say some really dumbass shit but it's becoming that feud it was like that a little bit with the bills earlier this year when they were struggling but that's what has gotten down to with the sabers i remember a couple years ago mike harrington would be fighting with fans like pretty much every single game and we're back at that already but i don't know still, maybe it's shocking it's still how shocked are you quite a bit yeah yeah, yeah. Quite a bit, man. Like I, I thought, I thought the only way that this group was going was was was. What's up. the most shocking thing about this team right now to you? Like, what surprises you the most? Not so much as a whole, because we're both surprised. Everyone's surprised that they're not better. But if there's one area, one player, one part of this team that most surprises you, and of course, in a negative light right now about this team. Well, this is probably down a little bit on the list of reasons why they're struggling. But one of the biggest surprises to me is um, how poorly some of the early contracts are playing up to you know their their sure. their value. Like I start with power. Like I, I start with power. I get it. Look, I'm not a I'm not a hockey honk man I, I i don't follow it close enough to know how inevitable you know these these hiccups are in in the um uh in in, in young defensemen i i saw it with darlene but the difference with darlene for me was they they waited they, they used those shit years of darlene those down years uh those growing pains years mm -hmm. on a bridge right they they they, they, they gave Dalina a bridge mm -hmm. contract for those to me when you just go out there and and throw you know the the big boy at power 
and Samuelson. Not cousins. A, not and yeah, I, I was sticking with the defense. Oh, okay, my bad, cousins, my bad. cousins, no question, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, like, I did not expect the massive um, gap between their contract and where they are right now. I mean, Samuelson and Powered. Look, people love to beat up the. Um, the signings, the you know the offseason defensive signings. I, I get it. Their 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 metrics are bad. You know all, all those sort of things. But I don't know that we would be hung up on how terrible they are if the top four were playing anywhere near what you're paying them to play. And Power just looks god awful some nights. He I does. Mean, Awful, Naked man. eye test is bad. Like, I'm not an analytics guy. I'm not a hockey guru by any means. But I understand the game. I watch the games. And sometimes I look at Owen Power. I'm like, this is the number one overall pick. This is the guy they committed a lot of money and a lot of years to. He looks like a borderline third-line defenseman at times. And he is young. I mean, he's going to grow. I would hope that he better grow um, physically and, you know, just mentally with the game. But. Yeah, shaky as shit, man. Even Samuelson, too. He's had a yes. pretty rough year. Like, he's taking a beating with, uh, you like to say, the hockey nerds. They're, they're kind of giving it to him. Yes. Deserved, too. Boy, those just those those contracts all seem very premature right now. One of Cousins, too. Do you agree with Cousins? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I just. Uh, you starting to wonder a little bit about Adams? Like, I, I get it at the time. Maybe maybe I do. Anyway, it's not. But it's not my job to get it. It's literally his job to know. But. You got a nice little young core, and you're like, we're going to lock all these guys up for six, seven years. Maybe they're not quite as good as he thought. And again, signing guys who are just, you know, re-signing guys like Tyson Jost. Like, they got 12 healthy forwards now. And I'm not even counting, counting Olofsson. I'm not even counting Rosine. I'm counting Kulik. And like, well, why do you resign this guy? For, for what? what? What was the purpose of resigning him to begin with? I can't, Terry Bagula can't be happy about that. Uh, Reading Lance's article anyway. When the Sabres roll, when the Sabres are healthy and roll the 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 current top nine that they rolled for about a week until I like it. It's you know what it seemed like was the you know the back end, the bottom, you know, the bottom six, the bottom pairing on defense, all those sort of things. I mean, that seemed like the need. I just I didn't have a problem with Adams offseason until the season started, you know? and, and Injuries that matter, too. That's fair. I mean, you're you're right about the defense, but I think you're spot out about Power and Samuelson. But forward-wise, I mean, when has this, this team until now been healthy at the same time? It's been Tage out. It's been Skinner out. And, and what been, sucks, too, is, I mean, talk twice. Olafson, Olafson is a guy that you feel that you wish you could plug into your top nine. Like, how does, like, I got a 28 goal scorer making like four plus a year or something like closer to five. My, my superstar center goes down, uh, you know, for the, for personal reasons for, for a big game. And I can't, I know it's a different position, but like, I can't even move Olison into my, in, into my top nine. I, I moved Tyson Jost uh, up there. It's just, you know, so many, so many head scratchers. But here's, I'm more in on on Adams than I am, than I am Granado. Um, what do you mean by in? You're more in as in being mad at him, or more in as in you trust him more? Uh, I trust him. I trust okay. him more. Like, right. like I would prefer to see 
Adams get a chance to uh, to pick his own. I don't want to say pick his own head coach because ultimately, you know, he did. He did. He he did. He, he did hire. Well, the, before even extending him, though, you know what I mean. I mean, they did a. I believe they did a coach search, and then they decided to stay in house with with Granado. Sure. I would like, you know, Adams to have the ability. Well, basically, I think maybe I'm just saying I want to see if Kevin Adams can go get me Rob Brindamore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, um, but I think I, I I think if it comes to pass, and you know, it's going to be one or the other. It's never going to be Granada without Adams. It's not like Pagula is going to be like you stay and Adams goes. This there's a there's a true pecking order. I think most of us would would say there's a true pecking order. In the coach and GM of the Sabers, unlike the Bills, yeah, unlike the, the I was going to say, is, not the Bills, the Bills is right? You know what I mean? But so I, I think Adams is 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 on more stable ground, and I personally am still a a, a believer in Adams with the way that he has, uh, you know, filled the cupboards back up prospect prospect wise and stuff like that. Other than you know maybe a. a someone clamoring here or there for like a Thomas Tatar or something like that during the course of the off season, nobody really had a problem with running, you know, the top nine back, you know what I mean? The, right. uh, um, thinking maybe that Savoy would be, you know, the, the, the insertion more so than Benson, but whatever. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Giving Adams a chance to, fix what he sees right now. But Granado's the one where I'm starting to look at it like, God, man. If enough he, players are underperforming, you got to look at the coach, right? Yeah. You yeah, have to. Yeah. I think, I think Adams' big mistake this season has been thinking that in-house could, with the injuries that they've had, not going outside. You know, um, there's been a lot of hot take opinions on Pat Cade when he was out there. And most people thought it was a bad idea. Some really smart hockey people, too, thought it was a bad idea to sign Pat Kane. Um, Chris Baker, who reminds me a lot, by the way, um, that he was in on Pat Kane. Dude's got 11 points in 11 games with the Black, or with, uh, with Detroit. He's got um, six goals and five assists in 11 games. You're going to tell me right now the Bills – or the Bills. The Sabres couldn't use that offense, waiting for Jack Quinn to get healthy? I mean, he just came back recently, but he has played 11 games. That was my point. They just sat by idly. So – I don't know, man, but yeah, the the players are just underperforming. You got to take a look at the head coach, which, by the way, he's got an extension, I believe, to 2026. Not to say that Pagula wouldn't fire him. Um, I don't January is still huge. I said this the last time with the the last time we talked, and I know that there's been some some ups and downs since, you know, as far as the the clunkers and then the comeback, you know, and then and then the way they laid it on Toronto and then a Boston clunker. Sure. But it's still it's that that January stretch, all right. It's yes. still it, it's so and, and they haven't they, been healthy to now either. You know, there are January is a month to really really rack them, all right. They have to. And if they don't if they don't rack them in January, then I'm 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 ready to start um, calling probably for the coach. You know what I mean? Like if they're if it if they should if they should lose ground in January, okay, then then I would just assume kick that team in the ass. I would I would I would make them go through the discomfort of having their coach fired in season. 
let sure. them let them feel let them feel that shit. I'm not looking to necessarily turn the season around, okay? But if we're if if, if we dig ourselves in a deeper hole or don't, you know, climb to within four to six of a spot because we're also and leap a couple teams yeah. too. Then then I'm gonna then I'm probably gonna look at this group and and say you know I I, I gotta really make you uncomfortable here and I, I think the coach should be I think the coach's job should be in question um do you see you a, know without without a January uh advance. Do you see a spark maybe a potential need a spark situation like with the Bills when they fired Ken Dorsey in season maybe uh Ennis, the, the special teams, because the fucking power play is god-awful. You want to talk about atrocious. That power play was is unwatchable. Special teams is not good. They could get rid of him. I mean, by the way, he was never a scorer when he played. When the hell did he ever no, score in a don't, power play? But don't, don't be that if guy. There, I am going to be that guy. Don't be that guy. I don't know what I'm there doing are, here in Imperial. If I go start making pizzas, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, that's not what? Listen, so what then? By, by, by that logic, all right. Like awesome backup catchers that couldn't hit the ball for shit. You know, yeah, have, they make have, the best have, managers. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they all, do. Right, all right, fine. But anyway, the, the, the special teams is just ridiculously bad. Like Eric Chavez is also a very good hitting coach. All right, he's about a 240 career hitter. Eric Chavez talk means that's about time to wrap up this episode. No, man. there's not. It means there's about time to get into some some baseball conversation. No, it's not. We're actually going to get into some wings here at Imperial in just a few minutes. One last thing with the Sabres, though, that I, I find fascinating, not really related to right now, but soon enough. So we all, I think we both like the, at least the top nine for sure, you know? Those yes. are good lines. And then you look at guys, um, Kulik, Savoy, Rosane. Those guys are going to be coming up at some point. There's not room. They're not fourth-line checkers. You might be able to give Greenway could be a fourth-liner. You know, he's a top nine now. But he could be a really good fourth-liner. Krebs, if you want to keep him on the fourth-line, if not, he's among those guys. Like, there's going to be some tough Kevin Adams decisions because there's just not enough roster spots. I mean, that top six is pretty much locked in. Benson is going to be a top nine guy. He's locked in. If Middlestat stays there, he's locked in. But they're going to have some tough choices to make right now. Some of those guys who are really good, talented, first-round prospects, I didn't even say Noah Oslin. He's another one who will be up maybe at some point. They're going to have some tough decisions to make here. Which I hope I'm still watching the team. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, they keep doing this shit. I'm out. I don't. I won't give a shit. Yeah, man, uh, it, it it is going to be tough. And one of the trickier things, and this would open this opens a whole different can of worms that we're not going to get into here as we wind down. But I, I'm just I don't think Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck are first line wingers. They were last year. I, yeah, they, they had a good stat year. You, you know. I think we may have just kind of over as much as we may like the top nine because of its depth, because we can put out Casey Middlestad, sure. Greenway and Benson and as a third line. And, and you know, the, the depth is, is great. I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, if we just, and this is true, you know, across the roster, I, I I'm just Skinner, we were stuck with, but I, I I'm just wondering if we're wrong about, how good our quote unquote first first line is. And if that's the case, holy cow, that could be a problem. They could, <laughs> but could be a huge, 
huge problem, man. They're good. They're just they got whether they're first liners or second liners, they're just they're gonna have too many bodies at four. I get it. I get so, I get I get what you, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying there. All right. We're gonna get out of here, by the way, as we're finishing up here. It's seven seven Jets um Jets Browns right now. And it would be nice for the for the Jets to win this game. So are you going to the game Sunday? No, this Sunday? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm Playoff Tony, man. So your playoff. So you are gonna end up going one for eight this year. One home game you went to out of eight. Avid season tickets. Well, one of the home one of the home games was in London. The Jacksonville game was no, that was nine. They had nine home games oh, this year, okay. so I didn't even count it. Okay, one so for eight. You still only went one. <laughs> one for eight. Kind of like kind of like my uh, kind of like my son's doubleheader stats uh, uh, at Brockport. <laughs> set, by your, the way, set your clock to it, baby. While, while the Bills are playing, Miami is playing Baltimore at one o'clock too on Sunday. So there's going to be oh, a lot God, of yeah, man. Watching. I ain't trying, yeah, I ain't trying and, to not be dialed into that. Game. And for people out there, I'm sure if you if you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast an hour and you're a sports fan, you probably know this. But the Bills need two out of three: Jacksonville to lose to Carolina, which ain't happened. Pittsburgh losing at Seattle very much could happen. Cincinnati losing at Kansas City very much could happen. If Cincinnati and Pittsburgh lose and the Bills win, the Bills are locked into the playoffs. Those games are 430 games solo. So you won't know for sure if the Bills are officially in the playoffs until about 730 on Sunday. But you will know by about 430, quarter to five or so, if the Bills are going to have a shot at playing for. I don't even want to say the division anymore because it's more than that. It is the number two seed. It's quite simple. Baltimore beats Miami. The Bills beat New England. They're playing for not just the division. It's they're the playing division for the two seed. The two. Fun shit, man. All right. It's going to do it here live from Imperial Pizza. I might have lied to you. I said this was the last episode of the year. It might not be. I don't know yet. I, I won't I really be. Don't. I won't. Two things. A, I won't be crushed. B, I won't be available. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.